from the Times Picayune, Luke Johnson joins us now. Good morning, Luke. Hey, mission accomplished, Scott. Good morning. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> all right, all right. Let me enough of that. Enough of that. Um, yeah, sometimes you just you gotta laugh. So, my first question for you is is going to be related to uh, feedback you've maybe gotten or or the vibe you've gotten from the fans. And I'll start by saying, from my standpoint, you know, know a lot of Saints fans, talk to a lot of them on this show, have a lot of friends. I think that the the vast majority of feedback I've gotten, kind of the vibe after Sunday night's game was, you know, sad, disappointed, but kind of at peace in a weird way with how the season ended, which is not what I expected going into it. But what's the vibe been like for you? Because you've got, you know, a lot of followers, you're a beat writer, you interact with the fan base quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know if I'd share that same vibe that, that you're getting. I, I think there's a, I, I think the the sense that you're kind of picking up on, which I, I do think exists, is um, there's it is the understanding that Drew Brees' career is is in all likelihood done. You know, he's he still is like holding on to uh, not committing to uh, saying whether or not he's going to retire, and that is absolutely his prerogative. Um, let him take as much time as he wants to take. But um, yeah, you know, everybody who was on that field uh, understood what was happening. Uh, everybody who was watching understood what was happening, and um, yeah, I think there's a sense of of trying to respect to that kind of legacy when you're, you're thinking about this loss. And, um, and I, I think that's probably what that feeling is, but when you go back and, and really look at what this team was supposed to be, what this team was all season, you know, once the, everybody's done processing the, the Drew Brees thing, I, I think it's going to be a, a, yeah, a bitter disappointment. Um, this was their last best chance, right? I, I, I mean, yes, really. You you look at um, the way they've built this roster, the approach they've taken, the salary cap. Um, yeah, w- once they realized that they'd really hit on that 2017 draft class, um, and they're like, okay, we're going to have all these players for the next four years, and they're all going to be cheap. Um, you know, with the exception of Alvin Kamara this year, um, and, and even Alvin Kamara's cap number this year is not exceedingly high since it gets higher in the later years. So they're like, okay, we have this great resource. Um, these guys are going to be counting like combined, um, you know, maybe ten million dollars against the cap. Um, let's load up and let's sign all these important players, and let's take all the important players that we have right now and push their salaries back in the later years and let's get this really deep team and make a run uh, for as long as Drew Brees is still here. And yeah, we've seen this play out the last three years now uh, when they realized what was happening. Um, as Saints were one of the best teams in the NFL in the regular season. And then, and then they, they fell short in the playoffs and um it's disappointing every year Extremely. and it was maybe, maybe more disappointing this year considering they weren't even really competitive uh, in this game, despite the fact that they held Tom Brady under 200 passing yards and, and, 
and you know they played a, a really good defensive game. I think uh, the fact that they were they they were not even really close to making a game of it in the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter um, because their offense could not move the ball is, uh, you know, just from a Saints standpoint, it's, it's incredibly disappointing. That's, that's their entire offense, or that's their, their entire organizational identity has been tied to their offense for 15 years now. And that's the way it ended. It's, it's I, so I, that's a very long-winded answer to your initial question, but I, I, like I, I do think that um, that you know, some of some of what what people are feeling right now, being at peace, um, or what, whatever it might be, is is really strictly relegated to to the fact that Drew is is almost a hundred percent done yeah. playing football, <clears throat> and uh, and you know five years from now when we're looking back at this game, we're, we're going to see. Yeah, the Saints' golden opportunity uh, at competing for a Super Bowl title probably slipping away. It, I, I absolutely, Luke Johnson, our guest. I think it's more of the Drew Brees side of things. But yeah, the window. I, I, I said it Sunday night. The window is closed, and I think you know a lot of people don't agree with me, and they feel like, oh no, I mean, look at the defense, look at this, and for all the reasons you pointed out, Luke, I don't chance the Saints can still be good next year, but in terms of contention. I feel like the depth of this roster is about to get um, <laughs> is about to take a huge hit when you've got ten players currently on your roster that are going to account for potentially all of the current salary cap right now, and and you know they'll have work to do, they'll restructure, they might have to release guys, they're going to be guys they can't re-sign. It's just it's not going to look like what it looks like right now. And when you hit on the draft, you have that opportunity. They did. And they weren't able to capitalize, and it's it's very unfortunate. You know, they're the only team to win forty nine regular season games over a four year span, and not even reach a Super Bowl. So, you know, disappointment, sadness. But I I was watching Drew, and it's not as if it's not as if he played horrendous by any stretch, Luke. But it felt to me like I said this yesterday morning, like a, a, a an all time great boxer who's just maybe hung on for one fight too many and you can just tell they don't have it anymore now the difference is you know it's not one-on-one and as you mentioned it's not like Brady played great he just plus four in the turnover department it helped he didn't turn the ball over but it felt like watching Breeze that it's just like you know what it's just uh, you really wanted him to have that right send-off but in terms of where he's at physically and I know he told you guys Sunday night you know I haven't made that decision yet but when you see him out on the field staying up late as you're tweeting and he's throwing the ball with his kids and Brady comes out and wishes him well and throws a pass to his kid in the end zone and then they turn the lights off, then they turn it back on, it felt like the closing scene before the credits roll on the movie about Drew Brees' playing career. I mean, I, at this point, I just don't see any way that he comes back. I think I think this is pretty much it. Yeah, and... and- I think I, before I, I get into that, I want to make one point, and and I think um, uh, you know a, a lot of people are pointing at um, this game as as evidence that that Drew clearly doesn't have have it physically anymore, and I I understand that, um, but I also you know want to I hope people don't forget that it was two months ago that he fractured eleven ribs and had a collapsed lung. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he was. I, I don't think uh, that was that was him at his physical best this past week. Um, 
that said, um, I don't think the Saints are a team that would have made us without Drew Brees giving it a go. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's it's a shame that that I, I don't think he was he was physically right. Um, I, I think in the first ten games of the season, I think he showed he had plenty of of skill left in the tank, um, enough to get the job done, enough not to throw for 134 yards and three interceptions. I, I do think that was at least in part a byproduct of, of his rib injuries. Um, and then uh, to, to your kind of larger overall point, I think um, you know, we, we've seen him do this a little bit in the past, right? Uh, I think uh, after they lost the NFC championship game in, in 18, I remember uh, the last people on the field that night were Breeze and Thomas Morstead, who at that point were the only two players left on the, on the team from the 2009 Super Bowl run. Um, and yeah, they've since added Malcolm Jenkins back to the mix. He was part of that team, but, um, yeah, they were on the field with their families and they were there, you know, they, they were the last ones there. Um, and I didn't get the sense that night that yeah, they were, they were saying like goodbye, but I think it was really impossible to watch it unfold the way it did on Sunday. Um, with the Breeze family being out there for as long as they were and with the way they were taking photos at the end, you know, the, the body language between Drew and Brittany Breeze when they embraced that on the field after the game, um, yeah, after Drew did his, his press conference. Um, yeah, I think it's just what's, what's not being said overtly, publicly, whatever is, is just very clear in, in all the other messaging. Luke Johnson, New Orleans Saints beat writer, our guest, ESPN 1420. Has, you know, who, who's going to start a quarterback week one next year, Luke? I know you don't know the answer, but I'm sure you have various thoughts. So if I were to guess, I'd probably say Taysom Hill. Um, and the only reason that like that, that's like a, kind of is under contract, um, you know, assuming Drew Brees retires. Um, and I think, it personally, I, I think he showed enough to, to merit getting another chance. Um, I know there were some issues that, that kind of kept popping up. You know, he was slow to make some reads. He didn't see some open guys at some point. Or at some points, he was kind of loose with the football. But... You know, the guy only made four NFL starts at quarterback, um, and I, I don't see the same kind of um, negative reaction to other NFL quarterbacks in their fourth start um, with, uh, you know, how long it's taken to process things and ball and, you know, be, like, safe with the football and hold on to it. Like, he was essentially a rookie quarterback, right? Even though he's, he's been in the, the NFL for several years, in terms of playing time at the position, that's essentially what he is. And, uh, yeah, I thought there were plenty of other traits that were, uh, that merited him getting another longer look. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought he threw the ball really, really well when he was in rhythm. I, I thought he moved the, the offense. He gives the, the team another element with, with his legs. Um, I, I think he deserves a chance. Um, I know the Saint, the saints are high on James Winston, I don't know if they're going to be able to get him back next year. I got to kind of take a look at the, um, you know, what's available in the quarterback market. And, you know, there's going to be 
for teams who want a, a, a proven established quarterback, there's probably going to be some available in trades. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan come to mind. Um, both are older than Jameis Winston, but I think both uh, would probably give a contending team like, say, the San Francisco 49ers probably a, you know, a little bit more comfort with, um, you know, especially Matt Ryan with, with like Cal, the way Kyle Shanahan's worked with them. But the, I mean, I mean, we've talked about the salary cap issues at Saints face, and I, I just, it's really, really hard for me to envision uh, Jameis Winston coming back on another extremely team-friendly contract. He played for a million dollars this year. He's, he's worth way more than that, even as a, a, a backup. Um, but the Saints did it two years ago. Teddy Bridgewater. I didn't. I did not think they'd be able to convince Teddy Bridgewater to come back for a year. The options really weren't there um, from the free agent market. Teddy bet on himself. Came back, played five really good games, and played some Drew Brees and got a big contract. So um, maybe that's something they can work out. And if Jameis does come back, then it's it's a lot less clear. Um, yeah, it, it really could be either of them. But I, I think just because of the fact that Taysom Hill's already under contract. Um, they can't cut Taysom and, and save all that money. It's it's already committed to the cap. Um, yeah, I, I think he's probably the guy, in my opinion. Luke Johnson breaking it down. You know, <clears throat> I I think all your points are spot on there. It's not – It's not. you're not necessarily even saying this is what the Saints want to do. I mean, ideally, you know, if, if Breeze is going, they would love to have elite quarterback take his place and start the season and move this thing forward. You break down all of the reasons why, and I've said it as much as well because there's a lot of people in this building, they ask me Saints questions all the time. All right, I guess it's Jameis time. I'm like, I mean, is he going to resign? <laughs> you know, if he gets an offer on the open market and it's worth more and he feels like, you know, he, he's got an opportunity to start out the gate somewhere else, does he want to come back on, as you said, a team-friendly deal to a team that played Taysom Hill for four games a quarterback while Jameis stayed on the sideline? I, I don't, I, I could, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that question. You know, some of it's going to be dictated on free agency. Some of it's going to be dictated in the draft and what what teams do at quarterback. I don't think the Saints know right now. I don't even think Sean Payton. I'm sure he's given it some thought, but in terms of okay, I have a plan developed as to how we're going to move forward. I just feel like a lot of the conversations about Matt Stafford next year or or trade for Deshaun Watson. I think I think you have to take into account the salary cap situation for the Saints, the likelihood it's going down, um, and the fact that you've already got Taysom under contract. So even if it's just for a year, you know, I, I, next year's QB situation in New Orleans, in my opinion, Luke, is not going to define what that what the quarterback position of the Saints is going to look like for the next decade. I think next year could just be kind of a, a transition year blip on the radar before they have something cemented there. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, and look, you know, I don't want to think this is like uh, you know, a doomsday scenario. I, I know we've painted kind of a bleak picture. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think there's a, a chance uh, that that uh, you know, they, they retool their roster and, and – um, and look, I, I mean the the simple mathematics of it, like they're a hundred million dollars over the current projected salary gap, right? Uh, they're going to need to trim a lot of a lot of their their kind of fat on their 
their budget. Um, so guys like Quan Alexander, um, you can almost guarantee he's going to be released. Uh, they'll save 13 million against a cap. Um, you know, maybe somebody like Emmanuel Sanders or, uh, Janoris Jenkins, like, like guys who played big roles on this team this year and important veterans that, that just, they won't be able to afford. Right. But I do think, I do think there's a chance that, um, you know, we've seen this this team under Sean Payton in the last couple of years now just uh, be able to consistently um, produce uh, when it's shorthanded. Um, so I, I think there's like a, a real legitimate shot that like uh, you know they can't afford Jameis Winston and they can't afford uh, Matthew Stafford or Deshaun Watson or whatever. Uh, but you know they get Taysom Hill and they have a whole offseason to to groom him and and get him ready for for the position and and he goes out there and plays really well and they win you know 10 games maybe something like 11 it's just because they're still going to have really really good players they're going to have DeMario Davis and Cam Jordan and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara um you know those guys aren't going anywhere and um yeah it's looking like they're still going to have Jeff Ireland on their staff and maybe he he nails a couple draft picks and they're right back in position. But the, the, the hard thing here is, is um, it's going to be threading that needle and it's, it's become a lot more challenging. The, the opening uh, for this off season is, is a lot smaller than it has. Yeah. It's, um, it's daunting. It really is what they and, have coming yeah. up. But look, I, like let's say Taysom, doesn't pan out as the starting quarterback. It, it, let's uh, let's say he is the starting quarterback next year. Let's say he doesn't pan out. Um, you know, people are going to mock that contract, but like sixteen million or whatever it's going to be this coming year for a chance on somebody like to give a guy that you believe in and you've seen for the last several years to give him a chance of being the guy. And if it doesn't work out, then you're free of it. It's it's just one year, right. and if it does work out, then you got to figure out, you know, okay, is this going to be our guy for the next several years, and then you can pay him from there. Um, but you know, if it doesn't work out, then and, and the Saints have a bad year next year, then they're like, okay, well, we don't have a quarterback under contract, and uh, we're going to have a a good draft pick uh, the following year, and you can you can go from there. But I, I think it's it's worth giving him a chance to see what he can do uh, because. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's going to be a bad year next year, maybe. Um, but maybe it's really good, and then you have a you have a chance to make a decision from there. Yeah, and I think you know Matt Stafford might be a free agent in twenty twenty two. So, I think that if Luke Johnson, our guest, the Saints beat writer for the Times Speak Union, if Jameis Winston is on the Saints roster next year, I think he's starting Week One. If he's not, I think it's Taysom Hill, and then you'll have some journeyman back up in the building maybe a rookie maybe not but I think that's kind of what the Saints are looking at and and to your point I I agree with you that I don't think the Saints are suddenly going to be a bad team but the window is closed in terms of contention I don't think the Saints are going to be uh having a, a you know a top five pick in the 2022 draft I don't believe that uh but I also don't think they're going to be competing for a championship but you know that's that's kind of where they're at you know the the I just felt like Sunday was the end of an era. You know, it was the Peyton Breeze era. What's the next era going to be? Is it just going to be the Peyton era? Are they going to call it the post Breeze era? I don't. I don't know. But it's. Uh, I feel like, despite the fact that you said you've got a lot of great players that are still going to be there, just by nature of the position and everything Drew did, 
um, a new era of Saints football, I think, is has arrived, and uh, and it's you know, it's hard to say bye to the last one for Saints fans. There's no question about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I I do agree with you on that. Um, it is it is absolutely a new era, <laughs> you know, and that's okay. I, you know, they gave it a really good run. I think, especially in those those last uh, couple years of Drew's career, he, he couldn't have asked for more from the organization, like, surrounding him with talent and. Um, you know, it just came up short and uh, yeah, you know, I just, uh, it's the, the way they built it. It's just like, uh, you know, they built it for that, that run and, and, um, you know, they, they kept pushing everything back a couple years and, 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 you know, eventually that, that comes due and, and they've got a, you know, I think that time's come. ESPN1420.com. So who, only a few more for you, Luke, we appreciate the time as always, man. Who on this team do you think um, that was a, a key piece? Because it's going to be more than one guy. But what's a key piece on this team that you think, just by nature of the business and the cap, is not going to be on the roster in 2021? I think the most glaring one is Trey Hendrickson. I, I think he, he probably priced himself out of returning to the Saints. Um, yeah, I imagine he's going to command uh, – a significant salary on the open market after playing the way he did this year. Um, you know, you, he's probably looking in the range of um, north of 12 million a year, mm-hmm. uh, if not more. Um, I have a really hard time seeing the Saints be able to match that from anybody. Um, and, you know, there's a number of other guys. Uh, Marcus Williams is a free agent. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to re sign him. Um, you know, they've got a couple guys. Yeah, maybe they could plug C.J. Gardner-Johnson in a free safety role. If they like him at the nickel safety role, maybe they could uh, you know, draft somebody to replace him. But I, I think it's probably going to be hard to re-sign him. And historically, they just um, they've let safeties walk in their second contract. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think. I, yeah, just, I, I mean, I, I think there's there's guys all across the board who, who are just not. Yeah, the depth of this team is just, it's about to take a hit. You know, Quan Alexander, certainly not on that contract. Janoris Jenkins, probably not on the current contract, so he'll be on the open market. Probably Jared Cook as well. Then you look at Sheldon Rankins, he's going to be a free agent. He's a key player. Like, starting guys for this defense, which was the strength of this team last year, are all going to be elsewhere next year. And, you know, the good, I think, you know, the positive spin on it for the Saints if you want to call it a positive spin, is is that, you know, Jeff Ireland, the assistant GM, has done a great job. You look at the difference in the success of the Saints drafts the years before he arrived, since he arrived, and it's night and day. It's it's just widely different. And so how do you alleviate cap issues? Well, you've got to acquire good young talent on cheap rookie contracts. And so they got to hit in this draft. They've got to get production from young guys. But it's um it's again that that contention window I think is closed. It's the end of an era. I think the Saints can still be fun to watch next year, but it's going to be she's going to be very different. And uh, I look forward to I look forward to the ride. Look forward to reading all of your features and the stories that you do covering this team, Luke. Final question for you: What's what's your favorite part about being on the beat for the Saints? I won't even follow up with your least favorite part, but if you want to throw something in there, you can. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh... You know, I think one of my favorite parts is uh, the fact that the Saints have 
a lot of characters on this team and they don't uh, try to suppress who they are. Um, yeah, the, the two guys that come to mind immediately are Alvin Kamara and Cam Jordan. Um, they're unabashedly themselves, and, and it's clear that the Saints want them to be that. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate that just as, as a reporter, as somebody who's around these guys all the time. Um, yeah, their, their personality like shines through and makes my job really even even more fun than, than, than most of these jobs already are, you know. Um, and I don't think it's like that everywhere else. You know, I, I think, uh, somewhere there's, there's some places there's, you know, demand on, on people to kind of dampen that side of themselves, uh, you know, in the name of professionalism or whatever. Um, and it's not the way it is here. And I think that that is very much aligned with the city of New Orleans, the state of Louisiana. I, you know, I think this is a place that, that reveres its personalities. And, uh, it's really nice that, that that's the case here. I think that's I, that's that's the best way I could put it. I think. I think it just speaks to your passion for your line of work and your craft and the job that you do. And I appreciate you tagging me on Twitter a few weeks ago in the uh, top war movies of all time discussion, since we discuss it all the time. I, I, are we are we past the point? Like at some point, some other great war movies are going to come out, but is it just me getting older to feel like they're never going to have the kind of war movie in the past? Is just the the product of the box office and things going more to television and streaming. Like, are we past an era of just great war movies? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think everything's cyclical, right? I, there's, there's just going to be, uh, uh, it, at some point, somebody's going to come out with a, a banger of a war movie and, and, uh, and everybody's going to be like, Oh, that's a critical success. And, uh, in the box office success, let's, let's all try to make one of our own. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think we've just we've just seen a, a kind of shift in in the uh, the storytelling with more with, you know movies more like uh, Dunkirk in 1918 that that look very much from like a individual uh, uh, point of view. That's uh, not kind of this the traditional war movie storytelling. Um, and I, I I think that we're probably going to see it shift back to to being more of what we've seen in the past at some point, but. I don't know when that's going to be. I'm not smart enough about those sorts of things. No, man, we're just along for the ride. We just want to see it. We want to watch it. Uh, Luke Johnson has been our guest. Guys, follow him on Twitter at ByLukeJohnson, Johnson. Read all his stuff, NOLA.com, Time Speaking, and The Advocate, covering the New Orleans Saints. And uh, he is a U.S. Marine veteran, friend of the program, and always generous with his time here in the mornings. Luke, thanks for uh, joining us throughout the season, man, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you probably in a few months or so. In the meantime, Enjoy uh, enjoy the time with the wife, the dogs, and we'll talk to you down the line. Sounds good, Scott. Thanks for having me on, as always, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You got it. That is Luke Johnson. Great guy and uh, one of my favorites to bring on the show.